one covering the Commonwealth. It's in the books. Time for part two right now. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with JMU. With Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane is with us once again here in the Fast Lane. And Shane, uh, since we last spoke on Tuesday of last week, you had the new article drop on the JMU process for finding a new football coach uh, and how the process was very well thought out. How much did that process include what has already now come to the surface, which is a lot of those assistants following Coach Chesney over from Holy Cross to JMU. I think he had a pretty good plan where he wanted to go with his assistance uh, from the beginning. From everything I've heard about, you know, Bob Chesney from people who have played for him, coached with him, just known him for a lot of his life. Um, he's always got a detailed plan with anything he's he's going to do. So I think he probably knew, you know, what he wanted his staff to look like even before he got the job. And now it's just kind of a matter of getting some of those guys signed on the dotted lines and able to announce that they're they're working for JMU as they try to. Uh, do a lot of recruiting in here over the next few weeks. Meanwhile, you mentioned recruiting. How much of it is recruiting the roster? How much of it is particularly when uh, a coach leaves and a new coach comes in, whether it's Elijah Serrett, who's just announced he's entering the portal, or or Jordan McLeod at quarterback, who a few weeks ago did. uh, The understanding that that's just going to happen and you come in with an idea that you're going to have to recruit new players anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're going to lose guys regardless of if it's a coaching change or not at this point in time uh, in this era of college football. But I'm sure, you know, there's guys that are on the roster right now who are in the transfer portal that he wants to keep. He's working on that. Um, you know, Chauncey Logan from down at Salem, uh, sophomore cornerback who started basically since day one he's arrived at JMU. He went in the portal and then withdrew his name. I'm sure they're hoping he's not the only one who does that. But, I mean, we might not see – what these guys decide to do until after after the bowl game's over. I think a lot of them, you know, have kind of put off that decision until after they play that game. Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News Record, and joining us here in the fast lane at Shane underscore DNR Sports. Shane, another great article. Coppin State and JMU will battle tomorrow. Duke's hoping to avoid the kind of upset that happens near Christmas and more so stay in the top 25 of the AP men's basketball poll. One of four unbeatens left, JMU. Do you see an upset coming or not? Yeah, um, you know, um, they've been playing well. Those upsets tend to happen a lot around Christmas, but this team seems to be a little bit more focused maybe than some of the teams they've had in the past. And, you know, they're going through what, on paper, their easiest portion of the schedule this year. They've got they just beat Hampton, then they play Coppin State, they play Morgan State. Those are all, you know, sub-300 net ranking, Ken Palm ranking teams that Jimmy should be able to beat if they're focused and, and ready to go here over the next week or so. But, you know, sometimes when you're when you're thinking about getting out of town for Christmas and all that stuff, think weird things happen, and it happens to him last year at Coppin State. Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. We are off next week because, or next Monday and Tuesday because of the Christmas holiday. We thank you for your time in the Fast Lane. Wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Yeah, happy holidays to you. The Radford Highlanders with Rick Watson with the Radford Highlander Radio Network and of course Wednesday, Coach Nichols and the Highlanders will Head back to Morgantown where Nichols 
once played for West Virginia. More on that momentarily in a game you'll be able to hear at 6.30 p.m. on the VTR in Roanoke Gap. A game you heard this past weekend, Bucknell and Jay in, in Radford. Radford going on the road in a second-half surge to get the victory. How crucial was it, Rick, for Radford to have this type of game where you go on the road, you get an early lead, your opponent battles back, it turns into a dogfight, yet the Highlanders found a way to get a surge and ultimately a victory out of that. Yeah, it was a it was a nice performance by RU um, to get their first true road victory in a place that's not easy to play. Bucknell was coming off two weeks off due to exams. That's what they do in the Patriot League, and they take some time off. So they were they were fresh, but they were a little rusty. So Radford took advantage of that early. As you mentioned, they had a lead. They battled back, but uh, this team at the under-four media timeout showed a lot of togetherness and actually made some plays, learned some lessons from the two games they let get away against JMU and ODU. They learned from that. You mentioned those games that got away. How much of it's tactical? How much of it is just having to learn how to handle that resolve of an in-game situation like that? Well, it's just been the the focus for Coach Nichols, and, and most of the time when they have broken down, it's because of a turnover here, a turnover there, a misread where a teammate's supposed to be. So they've really been working on that, and it really came through. They didn't turn the ball over one time in the final four minutes, so they were able to you know, complement each other, and they were able to go out and execute the final few plays, which is what was the biggest difference and it's a a nice step forward with just two conference games remaining or non-conference games remaining one of those is a game you can hear starting at 6 30 p.m this wednesday on the vtrn roanoke app part of the virginia talk radio network and of course 99.5 fm 1240 a.m in the roanoke valley and in bedford on 95.5 fm and 1350 a.m in the bedford smith mountain lake area and that is radford at west virginia homecoming of sorts for darius nichols right Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the second Radford team he's taken in there. He also took his first Radford team in there when Coach Huggins was still there. So this is this is a an emotional game for him, no doubt about it. Um, but he feels like we match up pretty well. Uh, West Virginia's finally getting some guys back that were not eligible until the new ruling that was handed down by the court. So they now have four new players, so they're still getting acclimated with one another. So we'll see if Radford can get it going. You know, they've won four in a row, six out of seven playing in some confidence but right now you know whenever you go and you're playing on the road in a power five building it's a different type of experience and we'll see how they handle it on wednesday night we will indeed we'll actually listen to how it's handled on the vtr and roanoke app and talk radio 95.5 fm bedford 99.5 fm in the roanoke valley is rick watson the voice of the radford highlanders is with us in the fast lane rick thank you for your time Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Indeed. Rick Watson with us here in the Fast Lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGM AM Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna Danville Southside. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Well, wherever the Washington Commanders are, it doesn't appear that their staff will be there much longer because they have now officially been eliminated from playoff contention with that loss out in Los Angeles. And someone who was there, Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Seawall loved checking out the photos and videos and updates at Seawall Sports and CEO Seawall on Instagram and Seawall SE on Twitter. But not so much the outcome for the Washington Commanders. They lose that game to the Rams. Was this merely just an inevitable end the way this season was trending? Absolutely. I mean, I know that there's always hope of wanting to see the team win out 
or potentially upset another team's playoff hopes and dreams. But that is just not what's happening right here. You know, unfortunately, this was a game that um, the commanders were looked at as, as losing, and then that's exactly what they did. It is. And for Washington, they end up losing this game uh, in, in maybe what typical fashion where they don't seem to have enough at the most critical junctures of the game. They kind of fight back at the end to make it respectable, but the inability to make the key play when it mattered the most, which is defined what probably is going to be the last year of this coaching staff. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've seen too many times through week 15 where this team had opportunities and just did not execute. And then we saw it again yesterday. I I, I made the comment just a moment ago about potentially foiling another team's playoff hopes and dreams. The commanders still had that opportunity yesterday to potentially foil and upset the Rams' chances of making the playoffs. Yes, they are a 500 team, but they still have a chance right now because of that win yesterday. Indeed, they did, and now it's completely different because of the outcome, though, for the Washington Commanders. Um, at this point, because it's a finalized situation, how reasonable is it to expect that while you can't officially interview candidates and a lot more will be known once that happens, that the movement has probably been in the works now or is at least going to intensify this coaching staff, of the ownership group, excuse me, to start vetting potential coach and maybe even general manager candidates as well? I mean, I, I, I think they have been seeing what's out there, which is fair. I mean, in any organization, when a new leadership team comes in, typically you see them bring in their own um, um, staff and folks that they would like in this ownership group just did not have the opportunity to do that based on when the team was sold, you know, officially less than a week before training camp began. And it would be hard to believe that they moved forward with the majority of this current staff, given how the season has turned out. The season, you know, if the commanders were as lucky as the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys and clinching a playoff berth yesterday, We'll be saying something completely different. That is not the case here. So I would anticipate a very busy offseason, Ed. It likely will be that way, and it's a busy holiday season as well for Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment. CEO Seawall and Seawall Sports on Instagram. Seawall SE on Twitter. We keep up with her on all those outlets, and you should as well. Candy, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. A Merry Christmas to you and your family. We're off Monday and Tuesday, so we send those regards and appreciate your time with us, as always, in the Fast Lane. Absolutely, and Merry Christmas to you all as well. Please enjoy, be safe, and I'll be talking to you all again after the holiday. Candy Waller with us here in the Fast Lane. That does it for us today for Ty Tracy, for Trey Lyle, and me. We are back tomorrow afternoon. 5 to 6 p.m. More on UVA at Memphis in basketball, high school and Liberty Flames sports, and, of course, Liberty Flames football. And who knows what will happen in the transfer portal between now and tomorrow. We'll touch on it all tomorrow in the Fast Lane. In the meantime, Trey VT and Ty Tracy 90 their socials, Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts.